Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Miller and welcome into Kitchen Talk Pickleball Edition. We have our first guest joining us and that's Danny Jensen. He was an Ohio State standout soccer player turned pickleball pro and we actually met on the first reality TV show for pickleball called Pickleball Paddle Battle. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to see you again. I'm really excited, and it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while, so this is great. I know, since Phoenix. So, guys, I met Danny. I'll never forget this. He was definitely one of the biggest personalities on this show. Um, we were at breakfast one of the first days on this show, and we're just talking and all about, like, attitude. Like, I feel like I can get stressed pretty easily, and he just looks at me, and he's like, Caitlin, it's always a good day. And I was like... Danny, like I, like I'm stressed. Like this is a competition. Like we have a lot going on. And I was like, what if it's a day where like your car breaks down? And do you remember you were like, actually this morning, my car did break down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The first day of, or maybe the second day of paddle battle. I don't remember what it was. My car broke down. And I remember like somebody, we were talking about that at breakfast and it was just, you were, somebody mentioned like, yeah, what if you had to pay a lot of money for your car and it just like broke down? And I was like, actually, I just paid a lot of money and my car just broke down and <laughs> I'm still having a good day. And we were just at breakfast and I was just basically explaining the differences to Caitlin and everybody else sitting at the table that like there's a difference between bad moments in the day and having a bad day. So and like how like a bad moment doesn't make your day automatically bad. It can just like throw a little bit of a wrinkle in there, but it's it's still a good day. And I mean, just being such an elite at first soccer player and now pickleball pro, why is it so important, would you say, to like have this mentality, this positive mentality? Yeah, there's there's just a, so many up and downs kind of like in our life. You could, I mean, we could point out a million examples of things that are great and things that aren't. And it's like the whole mountains and valleys type thing. We're all going through it. It's even more prevalent when you're doing things that are high stress. Um, especially in competition, like unless you're maybe one of the Annalie Waters, maybe where you're winning every single time you step on the court, um, you're going to have negative times. It doesn't mean that you're having bad days. Sometimes like, and I try to remind my partners and everybody, sometimes like people just play really good when they play against you. And it's not just because you're having a bad day. So sometimes like you just got to like understand that this is how life works. And if you keep yourself kind of at that very steady, uh, not too stressed out stage, then you tend to have better moments and you kind of enjoy the ride while you're going through it more. I agree. And I just think pickleball is such a unique sport, right? It's like we were both collegiate athletes. Then you went into like five years of your medical sales career. And now you're back, you know, trying to be a pro athlete again. So I feel like it's, it's a unique path and one where you have to like find that mental toughness again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely people that I've talked to and I, and I can say without a doubt that there, sometimes I haven't made the best decision for my life, but it's also, I have made the best decision for my life right now. Um, so it's like in, in, if I died tomorrow, I know nobody would go to my funeral and say, Hey, like Danny was miserable his last two years of his life. They'd be like, that's the happiest guy I've ever met. You know what I mean? So the, the way that you're able to like, to go about life and just stay positive it, it just makes everything better to be honest with you and it makes like it makes people want to be around you more as well because everybody else is going through their own things anyway 
And from filming with you, I can tell everyone that he does have the biggest smile on the court. <laughs> it's so nice to see. It's so refreshing, which is nice. Oh, um, <laughs> and so how was it? I mean, for someone who hasn't filmed on a reality TV show, I mean, did you enjoy yourself? What do you think of the whole experience? Yeah, I don't come from like that TV background like yourself. So I'm on camera a little bit less than you are. Um, it was It was very good. I will say that. Filming is kind of interesting, and a lot of people have never experienced filming for a TV show. So, like, a little background on that is, like, you forget that you're mic'd up after, like, the first day. Like, the first day, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have a mic on me, and you're kind of, like, aware of what you're saying. But then you're stressed out. You're going through this this process of everything that's going on. The cameras are, like, off to the side, and, like, you forget that sometimes that you're on camera. And then not to mention, not when you're just on camera, but when you're like actually mic'd up on like the third day you're tired and you're complaining about something and or you know you're doing something and yeah. you forget that you're still like on a hot mic and so you say some things that maybe you're not so proud of and I can definitely say <laughs> that I can definitely say that there's a few things that I'm not so proud that I said probably a few things that I would I, I don't think I'd regret anything that I said not necessarily but I definitely like you know, you you say things when you're tired and when you're frustrated or when you're in competition. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that that came out of my mouth. But that's how it works. I 100% agree. And like, just like you were saying, as a news and sports reporter, it's like, oh, you're on live at nine, you're mic'd up now. But like, being in that tough competition, you know, filming for 12 plus hours a day when you're, you know, hitting that emotional weakness, that mental weakness when you're, you know, maybe not necessarily doing well or frustrated. That was definitely a completely different experience that like yeah. yourself in a different way I had never had before. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is really going to test me. <laughs> for sure. And I thought that the most interesting thing was I didn't realize how I hype myself up during games. So like I'll go back to serve and I'll be like, oh, this person's not good. Like I can just, I can crush them. Like I'll say that to myself and I'm saying it kind of actually in that like voice. And obviously them across the way, like they're not going to hear that. Like they don't know that I'm like saying that stuff about them. But like I'm just like hyping myself up to go beat them. Like regardless of the other person on the other side is Annalie Waters or it's Ben John or it's somebody in Pickleball Paddle Battle. Like I'm over here just like telling myself that I'm better than them and that they're not good at all and all this kind of stuff. And then I realized that I'm on the mic and I'm just like saying yeah. that these people aren't good, which is not the truth. It's just like how I'm hyping myself up to like get ready for the next point. So sometimes I'm just like saying things a little out of pocket and I'm like, that's not, <laughs> I'm hoping that it doesn't like come off the wrong way if, depending how like, you know, how shows go. But like, it's not because I'm saying that people aren't good. It's more or less because I'm just like in that moment of like high intensity like, right. That's just I, how you yeah, get yeah. through it. Exactly. Yeah. And Danny was definitely one of the biggest personalities on the show. <laughs> fun to play with, fun to be around. And that's why I was like, he has to be on episode one <laughs> of Kitchen Talk. <laughs> yeah, no, it, this is great. I'm so glad you actually chose me. So thank you. I know. Well, okay. So talk to me a little bit about, I mean, you go from a soccer player, right? Mm. You played there four years and then you've never touched a paddle, you've never played a racket sport, and then you pick up pickleball and pursue it professionally. So tell me like how you made that transition and if it was a difficult one. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, so when you tell people that you're a soccer player, the first thing they say is, okay, so you have good footwork. And yeah. that's generally true. Like you, I generally have better footwork than the average person. And 
so that part I'm less worried about the movement. I'm less worried about, you know, covering ground and covering the court. It's really just like the hand eye coordination, right? Like, do you have it or do you not? And then once I realized that I was able to read the game pretty well, um, obviously the first maybe like six months of playing pickleball was really difficult, like really difficult because I knew what I should be doing and then I couldn't do it because I literally didn't have the skills in my hands. Like right. I could not put my hands in the correct place to do the skills that I knew I needed to be doing. So very frustrating at first. Then, But I was playing so much, like a ridiculous amount of pickleball at the beginning, like four to six hours like a day for like six wow. months. Wow. And, okay. and when I realized like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting like good, like very good, very quickly. I was like, and then my hands started working better because I was playing so much. All of a sudden the balls are going where I'm thinking they're going. And I started thinking like, wow, if I could like figure this out a little bit more, like I'm competing with the tennis players already. And you know, I was six to eight months in, um, why, why can't I do this? And then, um, very quickly you get humbled. Like when you play your first five Oh, or you play your first pro tournament, like you get humbled very quickly. People will destroy you. Um, I think it's <laughs> lesser so now actually, because now there's pro qualifiers. So you play other people kind of in your position and then all of a sudden you move on to like main draws and then you play the best players in the world and then you just get smacked and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's a whole new level to this. I got to learn so much more. But like the transition itself is just understanding that it's going to be a process. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a full-on mountain that you have to climb, and you're not going from like point A to point B very quickly. Like you think that you're there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you learn a shot that every other player has and you don't have, and you need it. And then all of a sudden you're very frustrated because how do you learn those shots without like you know getting court time and doing all this and then working and you know, there's like a lot of things that go into it. And so like the process of everything, I realized probably about six months ago now um, that I, I wanted, I had to quit my job in order to like play professionally at a high level that I wanted to play at because I couldn't continue to like kind of do both as like not as good as I wanted to. Like I couldn't work halfway as hard as I wanted to and then play pickball halfway as hard as I wanted right. to. I had to like choose because otherwise you're not going to do well in either of them. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to like pursue the journey and go for it, learn a little bit, struggle a little bit, but it, it's what was it. What was that moment where you're like, I'm literally going to give up my medical sales career for now and I'm yeah. going to pursue professional pickleball? Like, was there a moment that just really stood out to you where I was like, this is it, I got to do it? Uh, yeah, actually there was. So I, I run my own podcast um, and... I, you know, it's actually taken a spot on the back burner since I've been playing pro pickleball a little bit, but, um, I was interviewing one of my best friends for my podcast. His name's Johnny DeJulius and me and him had a conversation about the golden handcuffs. And I don't know if you know what the golden handcuffs are, but golden handcuffs are, are basically like where the money from your current job is holding you back. It's handcuffing you from like what you actually want to do. So people don't quit their job or they'll say, you know, a great example. And I think the one that he used in, in the podcast was, oh, I'll open that yoga studio next year. But next year is always going to be next year until you actually do it. Right. So like, yep, you, because like, you're like, oh, I'll quit my job. And that's the golden part, like the job where it gives you like the safety and it gives you the benefits and it gives you the money that you need. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to be handcuffed from starting what I actually want to do. So me and he was explaining these golden handcuffs and he, he runs a company 
um, in like a little brand called Live No Tomorrow, where you like live like there's no tomorrow. But he goes and like base jumps and does some crazy stuff. But like my Live No Tomorrow was pickleball. I was like, I want to be playing pickleball if I had one more thing to do, right, in my life. And so me and him were talking about this on the podcast, and I was like, it's like I'm I'm a hundred percent golden handcuffed right now. Like I'm at this job that's holding me back from what I actually want to be doing, and I keep saying I'll I'll quit when I get to this level. I'll quit when I get to this level. But you never quit until you quit, right? Like that's how it wow. works. Yeah. So me and him are having this conversation on the podcast, and I and I'm sitting in the podcast going, "This is me. This is me." <laughs> and I was like, "But I can't be preaching against the golden handcuffs while I'm golden handcuffed." So I then said, "You know what? I'm going to make a decision to cut the handcuffs, take the handcuffs off, and and really make a." kind of live exactly what I preach and go and do this. And so that's wow. what I did. Yeah. I love that. And like, it's so funny. I can relate to you because like my full-time job and I'm a news and sports reporter in Nashville. And I was like, you know, I've come to love and become obsessed with pickleball itself. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to be a pickleball personality. And it was like, instead of just kept saying it and saying it, like, I want to tell all these untold stories. It was like, I just need to start my podcast. And thanks to yes. Danny, he has a podcast too. And he's <laughs> really been a huge help. So I was like, yeah, you have to just like go for it. You have one yeah. life and like, just do it. I yeah. love that. Wow. Yeah. So, so as soon as I got out of the golden handcuffs, don't get me wrong. There's definitely things that are not that great. <laughs> like, right. If I was to like tell you that my entire life is like roses and butterflies and, and pickleball, I'd be lying about two things and then I'd be telling you the truth about pickleball. Like <laughs> it's, it's very much a struggle, but again, I have a very good mindset of like every day is a good day. Like I'm learning, I'm getting better. I'm doing the things that I want to do to like further my life in the direction I want it to go for. Um, and I don't have the handcuffs anymore. And so I'm really like being able to then preach to other people. Like you, I, I don't want them to have the handcuffs either. Like I'm, I'm really encouraging more people to, to do what they're passionate about because like you said, there's, we only are living one life. And if you're not happy, I have news for you. Like happiness is out there. It's, and I can teach you. Have you have to I'm, find it. You have to go for it. I can show you how to be happy. I've, <laughs> I've told, I've told Caitlin a million times. I can, I can show you how to be happy and I am happy. I'm happy a hundred percent of the time. So yeah, you are. And it's so admirable, but like, I have to ask. So it's like when you're going against like Annalie Waters or yeah. James Ignatowicz and you just get absolutely destroyed and you're like, oh my gosh, I just gave up my income, my career to pursue this. Am I going to make it? Like, how do you get through those, those matches and like, be like, okay, this is like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to make it. Like, how do you keep going through that? Yeah. Uh, the good thing that I, I can speak to this on like a personal matter, cause I have been killed by Annalie Waters and I have been killed by James Ignatowicz. So this is like perfect. <laughs> um, both of them beat me. I think I scored four points in each game that I played against each, both of those. Uh, both those players and what it ended up being is that you just realize that like there's two ways that you can go you, you can go up or down right like so many people are just like this is this is the worst thing ever like I don't want to play this sport anymore I don't want to be here and like that's an okay mindset like for 10 minutes after the game like oh my gosh I just got crushed right but like if you if you really look at it from a positive mindset it's like those like those players have worked so hard to be at that point where they can do that so if i can work 
just as hard as them and I can go after something just as hard as they did. Why can't I beat somebody that's going to be in my footsteps someday that hard, you know, like, or that bad, you know, like I'm now I want to go beat people as bad as they beat me. And I hope I, hopefully I'm beating them someday as bad as they're beating me. Right. Like I want to pay it back. But yeah. for me, it's like, it's just a part of the journey. Like you can't be upset about other people being great at what they do. And, it, and that's really what I've kind of come to learn is like when I played Ben and Annalie, it was like, you guys are legit. You guys are way better than me right now, but like, just give me a couple of years, right? Like give yeah, me a couple of years. Give it I'm, a little bit. I'm not quitting. You're, and that's unfortunate because like, I think that some people do quit. Some people give up a little bit too easily. Some people do feel the pressure of it. And like, I, it's just not in my blood to give up. So like, hopefully someday we see me versus Ben Johns and I'm beating him or me versus Annalie Waters and I'm beating him or James Gnotwich. I want to see this. Till then, till then, I'm just getting better every day, every day. And I think when you play those people, you do get better. Like you don't understand that. Like you don't have to win to get better. Right. That that's something that people like really struggle with. You can learn a lot by just getting crushed. You can learn a lot about yourself. You can learn a lot about them, and you can learn a lot about like successes that they had. You can learn about a lot about your weaknesses. Like there's just so much that you can do. And if you're able to like take a step back and understand that you're going to be a better player no matter what you can't get worse and speaking of getting better i mean you just tied for seventh in your last app tournament of the year congratulations so i mean that's just a huge accomplishment and you haven't even been a pro for that long yeah like you know everybody's kind of in the same position like that are competing and you're getting like close but you're not quite there yet but like again next tournament I might be last like I might I literally could be last next tournament or hopefully next tournament I'm first right but like understanding that like the place in which you finish is not kind of it's part of your journey but it's not like the journey right like it does not matter if I got seventh or if I got 15th or 24th or didn't qualify right like all that matters is that tomorrow I wake up I understand what I could get better at I get better and then I go and I try to do my best. And then along that way, bring friends and bring family and everybody up with you, right? Like you always want to encourage and bring people with you on this journey because doing it alone is not fun. No, no, you need to have a good support system. I mean, that's with anything you're doing, any career, any sport, that is like the key to success for sure. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, switching gears a little bit, I have to ask you about this because you've been posting about this on social media. So you haven't had eggs in years. Tell us about this. So yeah, it's not, it's not even just years. I'm 29 years old. I've never (laughs) eaten eggs. Like, so I eat eggs, like, when it's in cake or, like, in whatever, right? Like, when it's mixed right. into an ingredient. But not, but like, never, a scrambled egg for breakfast? Never. Never in my life. So <laughs> I, I realized this, and I was like, and I'm not allergic. So when I was young, they said I could have been allergic because I have a ton of allergies, and I'm anaphylactic to um, a bunch of different types of nuts, um, shellfish, stuff like that. So, like, I have to be careful about food anyway. And so when I went through this when I was younger – I just stopped eating eggs altogether, like 100%. So I don't even remember the last time I ate eggs. So now I'm like, I post on social media. I'm like, I've never eaten eggs, but I kind of want to try them again. I know I'm not allergic because I eat them like as ingredients, right? And the amount of responses I got was outrageous. (laughs) Like, because everybody, and I'm going to throw a few people under the bus. I'm not going to mention names, but everybody thinks that their recipe for eggs is the best. 
Ah, interesting. Yeah, okay. everybody's like, I, I make the best eggs. And I'm like, <laughs> now that's the 12th person that's told me that they make the best eggs. And that's impossible, right? Because only one person <laughs> can make the best eggs. So, so far, um, my favorite egg is a raw egg, just taken Ew, as a shot. What? Really? But it's mainly because it lasts about a second and a half or two seconds. And, okay. And that's it. And And then you don't have to like, so whether you like it or don't like it, it's just like, it's like, it's easier than a tequila shot. It's like nothing. <laughs> but then there's no aftertaste or anything. But then if you are eating scrambled eggs, those don't go down in five seconds, right? Like you okay, actually have to Okay, so you eat don't them. like it. You don't like like the texture of it. And... No, so I'm really struggling. So I'm trying to find the eggs that I'm trying, that I want to kind of eat more regularly. It's very difficult. Okay. So, so far just having a raw egg, I all I had to do was stomach the five seconds of like hitting a shot and- it was very easy. Interesting. Maybe you yeah. should try like over easy or even like a hard boiled egg. That might help. I don't know. Yeah. Like I think the harder part is also that I don't really know how to make these things. I, so yeah, like yeah. I'm probably halfway <laughs> doing it wrong anyway. And then the, some people are saying like over easy, over medium, over hard. I don't even know what over means. And then let alone how do I gauge whether it's medium or hard and I've never even cooked an egg in my life. So I'm just over here like when it was raw and I just could take it and I didn't have to think too much, kind of was easy. Okay, so calling all people, we need someone to make Danny Jensen a fabulous egg dish so that yeah. he loves them for the rest yeah. of his life. <laughs> and some people keep mentioning like poached and deviled and like there's a bunch of different like ones. And it's like so far over my head. I'm like, this is going to be like a next year thing. Like we got to start where like I can, I can even think. And guys, just to put it in perspective, it was so bad to the point where he literally posted a photo of him at the grocery store and didn't even know like which carton of eggs to get. He's like, yeah. how do I do this? Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's where we're starting everyone. So just so I didn't we know. know that eggs came in uh, <laughs> sizes, sizes. Like, <laughs> yes, I guess well, like large. Some say large on them. So I got large eggs. I don't even know if that's like, it, aren't, it looked like all of them were large. But like and they're white, brown eggs, there's white eggs. Yeah, organic, this, that. And people were like <laughs> upset that like I was buying the organic and or not the organic. And so I was going back and forth in my head about like what the best way to do things. Yeah, it was a it was a whole process. It was just fun. But it's good protein. It's really good protein, especially for how much you work out and everything. That's why I'm doing it because I can't eat enough meat in order to yeah. get my correct protein intake because I'm trying to up my protein intake. And I can only drink like chocolate protein shakes so much. Like I, I don't love them that much. So I'm like trying to figure out if like I can actually eat eggs. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you just finished your last tournament of the year. So what does that mean? Like what are your goals during the off season and what do you want to kind of like get done in the next season? Yeah. So obviously bulking, I'm just going to get huge. Got to get big. Swall. Yeah, just Let's massive. Go. <laughs> I'm going to be cut. <laughs> and uh, no, so I, no, I mean, I, I am hitting the gym a little bit more now that I probably four to five times a week. And then, you know, I'm playing pickleball two to four to s every now and then six hours a day. Um, I l probably live like shout out to Happy Valley Pickleball. Like I live in probably one of the greatest spots that you could possibly play pickleball in the country. Um, you do. And so I, I really am blessed. I'm blessed in, in this like world where I get to train and just do everything I possibly can to be the best player I can be. And then on top of that, I just get to like play with great players all the time. 
So there's so many people here in Phoenix that are just unbelievable uh, pickleball players. So when you're playing with higher level players, and I, you know, you always, I always encourage people like play with the highest level players you can. That doesn't mean say no to every low level game that you, you are a part of, but right. go play with like the best players you can play with. They make you better. It's okay to lose a rec game every now and then. I know it's hard on my ego every now and then as well, <laughs> but I like to win. But sometimes it's like better to just get better with great players, right? So playing a lot. And how them. do you like, how does that work? So you're like, okay, I want to be a pro. I'm going to start training so hard. How do you kind of like navigate finding a partner, finding that like training group and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, right now with like the mixture of between the, the leagues, not really being fully transparent with like how things are going to work and what the schedules are going to be like. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on in pro pickleball right now. But so like, you can only focus on the things that you can control. So finding partners you want to play with somebody that you just get along with like i tend to say if you're gonna like play with somebody like play with somebody that you'd like to hang out with too yeah it's just it just makes your life better somebody that you communicate well with um and so i i tend to like just find people that i want to play say i want to play the left side i find a guy that wants to play the right side and i enjoy being around great that's let's team up for a tournament or two and like see how we do and see where we go from there but as for like the training aspect of it it's just like I try to drill as much as possible. I think drilling is better than playing. Um, so I've been drilling probably at least every day for two hours. And then oh. then if I don't play, I'm okay with it because I, play, I drilled so much. And then if I do play, it's like just icing on the cake and get to use your skills that you're doing. And, and I just like isolate, you know, little skills at a time that you can hopefully grow into being the best pickleball player possible and most full, uh, like rounded pickleball player is what I'm trying to go for. Have you ever heard of uh, the airport test? The airport test. Oh, gosh. I'm about to learn something today. No, so I have So essentially, not. it's like it reminded me like when it comes to picking a partner. So let's just say you're in the airport. Your flight gets canceled or delayed. It's like, who do you want to be stuck at that gate with? Like, that's kind of like how they say you choose your business partner or a host or like that. So I'm like, that's like exactly kind of how, like when you're like choosing your pickleball partner, because I mean, you have to train with them several hours yeah. a day. You have to travel with them. I mean, you want to be able to hang out with them and like that. So I feel like the airport test, the airport test for, <laughs> for I mean, you choosing your partners. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, I'm hoping that people want to hang out with me in an airport. I don't know. Danny, you would be one of the most <laughs> fun and entertaining people. I have to say, when we were filming this show in uh, Phoenix, I was like, Danny Jensen, biggest personality, biggest smile. I'm sure everyone would choose you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, you want to know why people wouldn't like hanging out with me in airports? Why? So I have, I have this <laughs> trick that I do, and this is, I'm just letting people in on my, like, crazy life. So I get all, like, as many steps as I can possibly get in airports. So if I'm oh. at an airport, instead of eating, and this is like staying in shape type thing, um, like a little hack. Instead of eating or drinking beer or whatever you drink, I get steps in. So I do the exact opposite. So where I might burn 200 to 300 calories walking for an hour or two, and other people are eating 1,000 calories, I'm positive, you know, 13 to 1,500 calories um, while I've been at the airport. And if you're at the airport, then let's just say oh. – 50 times a year, you can multiply that by 50, um, you know, like 50, right? So let's just call the numbers easy. A thousand times 50, you know, you're saving 50,000 calories a year by just not eating in the airports and walking a little bit. 
that is literally the first time ever I've ever heard this. So like, do you tell me, do you like take your luggage with you and go on this walk? Like you're zooming around the airport. Yeah. 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 Like I'll walk between concourses or like sometimes like where the trains are at, like you have like areas where you can walk instead of taking the trains. I'll just walk back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes I do push-ups like on the end or something like that. Just like, and like sometimes I'm actually like kind of sweaty. I'm not even going to lie to you, but like afterwards when you're done with it, when you're on the plane, one, like you haven't been sitting because you've been walking around. So it's kind of yeah. nice to sit down. And then you also are like, kind of like, oh, I didn't waste today. Like today, like how many times do you go on a travel day and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything. I just ate like crappy food in an airport. And right, it's like, and you have jet lag and it's horrible. Yeah and, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't feel good and like all this kind of stuff. And meanwhile, I'm over here like, I just got Thriving. 30, I just got 30,000 <laughs> steps because I was in an airport for five hours because I got delayed and I didn't eat the whole time. I probably drank some water. I usually like have my water bottle with me. And all I did was walk up and down the concourses and I do it every single time. I've never not done it really. And it's like just one of my like little travel hacks, especially because I'm in an airport a lot. Wait, I love that. I'm going to do that next time. I feel yeah. like I travel a good amount. I want to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's probably my best tip I could ever give. So get your steps in, in the airport. Yeah. Key and here's the hard part. If you have one of those trip. like roller, um, suitcases, yes. you got to put your hand that your watch is not on, on the suitcase, because then it'll tell you that you have no steps because your hand's not moving. So my watch is always on my left. So if oh I roll it with my left. I feel like I didn't get my steps in. So I roll it with my right so that my hand can sway and get my steps in. Wait, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, good travel hack for people yep. traveling for business, for pickleball or whatever it may be. Well, Danny Jensen, thank you so much for being the first person on Kitchen Talk and definitely stay tuned to see who's next in the kitchen.